Hi guys, it's your host Matilda. And your host Hadiza. And your other host Imama. And you're listening to the African Lipso Podcast. Welcome back to this week's episode. We are joined by a special guest. We are joined by Noms. Hey, hey Noms. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for the warm welcome. I really appreciate it. We're excited to have you on. Um, wait, could you say your full name actually? Because I remember like initially speaking to you and trying to pronounce your name, and you're like, "No, please just call me Noms. Don't mess up my name." <laughs> I feel. That. I feel that that's like me with people telling me to call me Tiffany. So <laughs> So my full name is Unomshe. 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 Okay. Yes. How do you spell that? It is N O M H L E. Exactly. That's why I couldn't pronounce oh. it because like you spelling it back at me. I mean you pronouncing it back to me. I I could pronounce it how you pronounced it, but just reading the name, I had pronounced it wrong. That's why. Yeah, okay, like I would not okay. have gotten Nomshe from from your the spelling yeah but yeah. yeah we're not yeah we're not well versed in like south african names what <laughs> tribe are you from i am zulu and i'm oh, also Sitwana. that's pretty cool can oh. you speak both languages or languages yes, from both I tribes can. really both. i can okay. must be yeah. nice say, <laughs> can you say hello could you say hello in both or okay quick. so hello and it's zulu is sanbonani nonge which Ooh, is hello everyone. I um and then in is in Sitswana you say Dumelang. Oh, that's pretty cool. Zulu sounds like the first one sounds like you're singing a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It sounds like a song. It's like <laughs> Okay, yeah, we're going to like stop ourselves from sounding white. And no, um, but it does sound like a song. Like it's a beautiful thing. It's not like you know anything yeah. that's offensive. It's actually yeah, beautiful. It's very nice. No, but you know how like with the whites, sometimes you tell them about your culture and they're a little bit too excited. No, too excited. At least, like, I didn't say, "Oh, I went to Kenya the other year." <laughs> <Yes>. so, <laughs> it's like, I "Oh, I'm from Nigeria." That. They're like, "Oh, my sister's uncle's auntie went to Kenya." Went to I'm Kenya, like, yeah, like, "And and great information." <laughs> Thanks for sharing. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm actually going to farms a little bit. Do you know this? Um, no, of course, I have to. I have to farms. I have to. Do you know this uh, South African group? They're called We Will Worship. So www. Yes, we will win. It's a gospel group, right? Yeah, it's a gospel group. Yeah. Oh my god, I love their songs. I don't like I never really understand what they're saying, but I always kind of go back and like interpret all their lyrics and it's so Oh what beautiful. language is it? Very beautiful. Do they I don't sing even in know what language they sing, they sing in, in different but... languages. So I know sometimes mm. they sing in Zulu, at other times they sing in other um, so I'm not sure if they sing also in Zwana, but I, yeah, I think predominantly Zulu actually. Okay. Cool. Cause like okay. when Imama found them, she, she talked about it on the podcast and we we're like, Oh, what language? She said, Oh, the South African one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thank you. There's so many. <laughs> thank you so much for that. <laughs> I mean, like I had an idea that it was Zulu, but like I was did sure. You, like, you did say it too. Let me tell you. The reason why I had an idea was Zulu is because Loki, that's the only South African language I know. Like uh, I only knew Zulu. 
there's a, like that was like okay. the most famous one that I I know there are mm. so many but like that's the most famous one mm. that I know so mm. like I just kind of assumed that it was the mm. most famous one seen as it was like a group like you know just to be more inclusive but at the same time I also really did not know yeah yeah <laughs> so it was really just me assuming Except but yeah African yeah. one <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah and Nobs could you tell us a bit about what you do first of all just give you a little bit of <laughs> accolades so she's our age 23 you're 23 right whose age is that i don't know why you're out people <laughs> i did not and them. she's doing a phd mama what are you doing i'm going for a master's hello <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> so i'll just start by that and then i'll let you get into it and you can tell us a bit more about your research as well but yeah thanks oh, you're making us though. feel very very underachieved but phd oh yeah stunt on us noms stunt on us <laughs> So yeah, thank you guys. Um, so I think just before I go into um, what my research is on, um, so I'm 23 and I am a proud African. Um, yeah. A lot of emphasis on that. Um, but also I'm a global citizen. I think um, you know it's very important to be clued up uh, um, about what's not only going on in your continent but also what's going on around the world. You know. Um, mm-hmm. So proud African and proud global citizen. And yeah, I'm a friend. I'm a daughter. I'm a cousin Mm. Um, and now going back to my academic studies so yes I am a a second year PhD candidate hey not even first year second year (laughs) girl why are you shocked like that (laughs) sorry (laughs) just be embarrassing somebody So what do we think you don't know education? I, do I know education? Do I? Do I really? Okay, go on. Sorry. So, um, my PhD study is basically uh, my research is looking at um, emerging climate finance mechanisms such as green bonds and their potential to finance carbon capture and storage in South Africa. So, mm. just in a nutshell, um, South Africa is one of the highest emitting, um, you know, um, countries in the world. Um, and that's largely based on our mineral energy complex and mining, um, and in- in that industries, um, you know, pollute a lot. So carbon capture and storage is one of the key technologies, low carbon technologies that has been identified, um, in various policies, um, you know, to lower down our carbon emissions. Um, so the tricky part within that is a lot of people are always saying, why don't you just implement renewable energy mm-hmm. but the problem with renewable energy is that south africa the mining industry employs a large population of um you know in south africa so if you're going to go fully um into renewable energy and cut out mining and cut out industries you're going to be cutting out um you know a lot of people's jobs and okay. that's going to increase social issues and unemployment so carbon capture and storage is basically a technology that captures carbon emissions from point sources such as these mining places and industries mm-hmm. and where it is um transported and stored underground. So in South Africa, we have two geological reserves um, in um, in the KwaZulu-Natal province and in the Eastern Cape province, where these geological reserves, literally the rock is designed to literally capture carbon emissions. Um, so carbon capture and storage is seen as this transitional technology that whilst we're still trying to figure out how do we incorporate renewable energy, but how do we also move to cleaner sources of fuel that we can use carbon capture and storage to reduce our carbon emissions. 
But another important point is that carbon capture and storage, also known as CCS, um, so that's the abbreviation that we use, is a highly capital-intensive project. So the whole process of capturing um, the carbon, transporting it and storing it is, high, is very, very expensive. And, you know, knowing South Africa is a developing country, and I think many other African countries are in the same predicament, yeah. social yeah. issues take, um, you know, are literally first the biggest part of the pie in any government's budget. So this uh, looks at education. Education, um, social grants, healthcare. So things such as um, low carbon technologies aren't really that important. So my research is looking at how can we tap into um, new climate finance mechanisms such as green bonds. So green bonds, simply put, is um, literally operates the same way as a conventional bond, but the bond proceeds need to go directly into climate or environment related projects. Um, so CC. And when you say yeah, I was saying when you say bonds, you mean like financial bonds right yes not like yes, chemical bonds chemical or bonds. anything yeah i was just <laughs> no, making no, sure sorry, no, yeah no, <laughs> yeah you mean yes, financial yes, bonds yes. yeah so these are financial bonds yes mm-hmm. um so green bonds um a financial instrument literally the bond proceeds go into climate and environment related projects so mm-hmm. i'm looking at um, how do we address, um, you know, the capital, you know, the capital challenge with CCS and could green bonds potentially be the solution we're looking for to implement CCS in South Africa? Mm-hmm. And they're privatized, right? It's not like funded by the government kind of thing. Yes. So this is actually mobilizing private sector capital, um, you know, to fund projects like CCS. Okay. 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 Cool. That's amazing. That so interesting. Oh my yeah. God. And the first time she told me, I said, please start repeat again <laughs> like i feel like i had to actually put down everything and actually listen yeah, yeah. To really understand it but like when i actually understood it it was that actually it makes sense so yeah. it's pretty cool so and even re- the way you explain okay. it yeah i'm just right? gonna say the way you explain it is like very it makes it easy to understand yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty good um so your research is mostly implementing versus like long-term maintenance it's just implementing the uh, carbon capture technology right yes, yes. yeah so this, okay yes okay yes okay Okay, so it's it's no um, surprise from what she has explained why we thought it'd be amazing to speak to Norms about STEM in Africa. So that's si- science, technology, engineering, and math. Because she's Sabiam, you can see. Yeah, um, can see. <laughs> Norms, that means you really know all about it. Um, so we thought we'd just talk about that in relation to Africa. Because, I mean, us, we, we did books, yeah? So all three of us, all three of us, um, went to the same university. We graduated in engineering, different ones. So I did mechanical, um, Hadiza. I did architectural. Okay. And we say the full thing. Architectural, you- conservation and sustainability engineering. We say it louder for the people oh, in the wow. back. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear you actually. You didn't hear? Okay. Architectural, conservation and sustainability en- engineering. Okay. And yeah. then Imama. I did, uh, right? biomedical and mechanical. Okay. So like, yeah, so all four of us basically are in STEM. So I think like this topic would actually be nice to talk about. And we can also delve into like the issues with women in STEM and specifically pertaining to Africa, because I think this conversation doesn't happen as much as it should. I think the the discussion about like, you know, those fields, those disciplines within Africa and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, first of all, does anyone want to actually explain what STEM is and like why they're grouped together and talked about basically? Does anyone? Go ahead, Matilda. Should, should I? Go ahead. Okay, I don't know why I asked this. 
yeah, I just I'm thought like, I had been talking for a while. <laughs> yeah, I had been talking for a while. I was like, please, someone take this from me. So basically, yeah, you know what the acronym is, STEM, and it's just basically to group the um, disciplines together. And it's usually used when addressing education policy and curriculum choices in schools. And then also, like, actually, sorry, Matilda, just uh, just dial back a little bit. So you said we know what the acronym is, but what if they don't know what the acronym we, is? We what said is it quite a lot, actually. Science, technology, engineering, and math. Right? No, but we haven't said it in this episode, except I missed we it. We have. You missed it, yeah. Okay, I think I missed it. Okay. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, it's, it, STEM just stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. And, like, it's just used to group those, um, subjects together. And, like, why I think it's important to talk about is because I read a lot of articles and they were talking about how it's really important for the development of Africa generally. Because in the West, they've seen, like, their advancements in technology has been the reason that they are so forward like economic wise and stuff like that and even like their standard of living which is what like generally Africa has lacked and it's really sad because Africa has the world's largest um, number of young people and by 2035 we're gonna have a working population larger than the entire rest of the world in contrast to like the west where their population is aging so like if we can kind of focus on STEM our development would go really far because we have a lot a lot of people that can work. So like, I mean, what are your thoughts on STEM and Africa generally? Like our relationship with STEM in Africa. Sure. Yeah. I basically, um, and thank you so much, Matilda, for breaking that down. I think it's very important that we just also highlight how we have a, um, you know, our youth dividend um, in terms of demographics is quite high. Um, and it's very important that we capitalize on young people to prioritize and enter um, STEM careers as that leads to um, economic development and innovation. Yeah. But just basically my view on STEM on the continent, I think we still have, we've made great strides, but I think we still have a long way to go. And this is attributed, I think, to various factors. I think, um, you know, we have a lack of resources. Mm-hmm. Um, so things such as basic infrastructure, um, things such as internet. Internet is still such a luxury, is a, is luxury for, for certain underdeveloped African countries. Yeah. Um, you know, access to financing as well. Um, you know, skills development and skills training for our teachers, for educators. Um, and I think also another challenge that I think I'm also also quite passionate about is the gender inequality um, in STEM careers, especially in Africa. And mm-hmm. I think this, you know, goes down to, I think, traditional, you know, barriers that, um, you know, boy children are seen as more desirable to pursue science and maths because they're seen as more technical, whilst women are deviated from that, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, basically their upbringing is to be wise or to, you know, to raise children. Um, and science and technology, you know, weren't really um, bring them that fulfillment. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, we have made great strides in STEM, but I think there's still a whole lot more that needs to happen. And I would love to see more public private partnerships where, um, you know, public sector provides the financing, but government enables that environment to, you know, create um, skills training mm. and to also have policies that advocate for our youth to enter into STEM um, and advocating for more opportunities. Um, so awareness, public awareness is also important things. I think STEM careers and fields should be advertised, um, whether if not at schools, then in radios, um, in televisions, um, you know, to just get this young population interested in, in, in STEM. 
Yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, the public sector is like a really big one because like I was reading somewhere where they said that like, um, in other parts of the world, like they generally on average, um, invest like 4% of their GDP or something into, um, to STEM research. But mm-hmm. in Africa, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen the budget where they said science research, uh, like, I don't know, in Nigeria specifically. Um, have you guys? Uh, no. They're like, it's like less than 1% or like just nothing at all. Because like, if you, if you even look at like the coronavirus, for instance, you know how they're like, oh, people are in research looking for the, um, the solution and everything. They're like, Russia, Europe, America. Where are the African countries that are researching mm-hmm. these things too? Because I mean, like when it comes out, like the um, vaccine, it's going to cater to their markets, like the West generally. So like who's looking out for stuff within Africa, like the African problems for even when like Ebola was a really big thing. Remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Like I'm so convinced that America had the vaccine or like at least some kind of solution. Cause like you remember those American doctors that they flew that had Ebola and then all of a sudden they lived. Mm. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> you know, so it's just those kind of things. I mean, what are your thoughts, Ibama and Hadiza? So, like, I definitely agree with, like, what you and Noms have said. Like, I do feel like, you know, obviously we have a lot of work to do. And I do agree that a lot of the challenges come from, like, funding and, like, you know, our governments and, like, their priorities and things like that. And even, like, when Noms said, like, you know, just, like, basic resources there's actually this tweet that i saw and i actually saw it yesterday and the question was posed like how do we really increase productivity for the country and i guess in this sense i'll probably say how do we increase um like you know research and like you know the stem the stem what's the word growth yeah Yeah. agenda (laughs) growth agenda in the country and somebody had responded saying light basically just like cheap accessible electricity mm-hmm. and it's is so, that and specifically like for nigeria be, yeah i was gonna say i feel like this might be oh, more yeah, electricity nigeria issue <laughs> than like an actual africa issue because i know like other countries do have more stable electricity than nigeria but it's so interesting how like even something as small as like cheap accessible electricity because right now like most places in nigeria specifically do not even have up to like 18 hours of light a day <clears throat> like in one day 18 hours and it's like even if you can just give us 18 hours for the or even 12 hours for the times that we are awake do you get like just like cheap accessible electricity i feel like that would definitely increase productivity and like you know because there are brains and like we do have like you know people actually even funding themselves like you know getting scholarships from like a board like getting like funding from like places abroad and they're actually doing these things by themselves not aided by the government not aided by like you know whatever it is but like private what's funding. the point of that if it's like if you exactly. can't even have electricity if you can't even have electricity it's like if you cannot even have like the basic thing that will help you it's like okay i will get all the money i will get all the people but give me lights jiggets mm-hmm. it's like i don't even have lights so i definitely feel like you know just like basic resources and things like that are also limiting the growth of stem in nigeria specifically because i know nigeria has that lights issue probably but like other rural places in, uh, Africa, in other, yeah. african other african countries our, our problem is the fact yeah yeah <laughs> our only problem is like it's not even just rural places that don't have lights like it's literally Urban, even the metropolitan yeah. cities exactly yeah yeah, yeah. um so interesting you yeah. guys um in South Africa, um, what we actually um, facing is um, we had a history of, of apartheid where a lot of um, the black population was excluded from a lot of STEM careers oh. um, and disciplines. So even in, in school, 
um, in the apartheid times, there was Bantu education. Bantu education was very much for um, black people learning things such as admin and, and the social sciences such as history and geography, but not really, really? Um, encouraged to pursue math and science. So what a lot of the policies, so for example, we have our national development plan um, and the white paper um, on science and technology, which really advocates for um, a lot of, um, to just basically reverse what happened in the past, so advocating more um, young blacks, specifically African females, to enter into STEM. So we have a, a foundation called the National Research Foundation, and that basically finances a lot of studies um, for young black South Africans to pursue STEM careers. So I think on the South African government, that's one part I think they must be applauded for, mm-hmm. for trying to correct the injustices of the past. Oh, man. Oh, I never actually did think about that because, like, again, we never really had, like, in Nigeria, it's just a difference in, um, what the whites have left us. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. for us, like, they, like, I was even gonna discuss that. The fact that, like, sorry, let me actually read this stat I found. Um, according to the African Development Bank, less than 25% of African higher education students are in STEM. And, I mean, that made me be like, that 25 is probably Nigerians. <laughs> like, because I think the thing is that we might have a lot of people going into higher education for like STEM related topics, but it's like, how is the education taught? Like, and I think for a lot of them too, yeah. they, they don't end up going back to do further research. I feel like a lot of the push for STEM they're just is doing it because for a better lifestyle, like life for mm-hmm. themselves or maybe like they don't like a lot of it's not STEM, passion it's not, basically. Yeah. It's not passion based or like, yes, yeah, a lot of them wouldn't further their education. And a lot of them graduate like stem higher education um courses and then they still go to work in a bank yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. at the end of the day it's not going towards development because it's yeah. like i think i read somewhere that it's just like kind of in the 21st century specific to nigeria i don't know how it's like in other places but like i guess like people started realizing that oh it leads to like better jobs and stuff mm-hmm. like that so a lot of like nigerian parents would be like oh doctor engineer and stuff like that mm-hmm. which are stem courses but like they're forcing you to do it not necessarily saying oh let's do this for the development of our of country, country or do it because you have a passion and i feel like that's kind of where innovation comes in uh-huh. when you're actually doing stuff because you want to do it uh-huh. not because someone told you to because uh-huh. yeah what we're doing is really learning books like how to pass and not really learning how to innovate yeah i agree i think the a lot of the curriculum is very like um let's just do and go like kind of do and pass this stage so we can begin to make money money versus... exactly and i think also like even speaking on funding i remember um you guys had mentioned government funding i don't think there's a lot of private industry that's willing to spend their own money on funding too because if you check like a lot of developed nations and stuff like that you do have that private industry okay for example even in covid right aside governmental funding you also had a lot of um private companies also spending their own money in really? trying to find yeah where there were quite a few like here? in the uk i don't know i just saw like a few companies here and there why like, there was what was one, the motivation there was even one like a lot of, like it's it's all um Capital gain, right? For some of them, it's capital. Like I remember reading for taxes. No, no. Like um, if your company finds the cure, you're basically able to um, you're able to reap the benefits. Oh, I thought you. I thought you Mm -hmm. were saying that private companies were giving. I don't know why my brain went there, but Mm -hmm. I thought you were saying private companies were giving funding people like 
helping people that lost jobs in like no 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 okay no, no, sorry no, no, sorry no, no, i don't no. know why like they were basically like spearheading like research research and, stuff and like, stuff. like okay. there was even one i saw a cigarette company i think it was a cigarette company or something like that was helping with covid like research oh, I and see i was like oh mean. that's very interesting like i wouldn't expect this company to be doing be involved this and stuff in like this. that and yeah i guess if we don't have as much of that in africa as well we don't have enough funding like you say just generally speaking yeah um yeah oh my gosh someone um was telling me i think she graduated what comp sci or something and but i think this was like maybe 10 years ago she graduated in nigeria from computer science and she was like i never wrote like i never actually programmed anything she mm. never really used computers and stuff like mm-hmm. that they just used to write like code on like paper and mm. stuff like that and she never really understood what she was doing so it's just a testament to like how the education system is actually not practical mm-hmm. like if also, yeah mm-hmm. yeah saying that i think just also um just access to opportunities um in in stem fields and stem careers mm, so even after you graduate as, even after yeah you i was gonna mention right, that too just the security just the security to know that actually i do have a job um in what i actually did or mm-hmm. in a similar field and i think even in the country in south africa that's the biggest challenge that we're facing is um you know i mean you have a lot of graduates who you know i think pursued science or maths or as you said computer science um and engineering as well and most of them don't get filtered out and as you said work in banks or exactly because um, that's where you know, the money is elsewhere because yeah. that's where the money is yeah and so i think there needs to be innovation um in these occupations but also make sure that they are also lucrative they're very attractive and they offer you know competitive salaries and benefits Mm -hmm. to encourage young people to actually you know stay in those fields yeah opportunities as well like hiring like a lot Mm -hmm. of these countries hire expatriates to fill those positions exactly yes oh my gosh there's such a big like chinese presence in africa Mm -hmm. just generally because they have like a lot of skilled labor like they actually vomit it's like stem majors in china so like they are all over the world like you know basically taking those jobs it's not like they're not um those jobs aren't available it's just like i think that they think that they were not like skilled enough and so like okay for instance construction in nigeria very very heavily um i think it's like lebanese and like chinese people i think it's all over africa generally but it's like you are coming to a country to do a project and you don't hire the people within the country do you get what i mean yeah just on the point of like actually having a lot of expatriates fill those positions rather than locals like if the government was more um purposeful about what we were doing we would create jobs or like give companies those kind of quotas like you kind of have to hire this certain percentage of like indigents of the country yeah but can we talk about the, the brain drain um i don't know if you guys know and, about that yeah, yeah. No, and that's actually something i was going to mention i feel like because they're like Okay, well, first of all, brain drain. Like, what exactly is the brain drain? Is that, like, obviously people are, like, leaving... Yeah, so it's, like... Africa. Yeah, it's the thing is, like, those that are skilled often emigrate to other countries to earn, Mm -hmm. like, better money. So, like, you know how we're saying that, like, a lot of the jobs that actually are available after you graduate is STEM major are not really competitive. So it's, like, why would I want to work here when... For instance, the biggest thing in Nigeria is, like, doctors... Because, like, doctors make close to nothing in Nigeria, but they know that if they just go somewhere that makes more sense, they can make so much so more much money. money. So, like, a better, lifestyle. a better lifestyle. So, like, I mean, doctors make more than, 
like the majority of careers in the West. So it's like, why would I study in Nigeria, for example, and then make close to nothing when I can just study here? It's cheap, cheap basically and then just go abroad and make like stinking amount of money <laughs> like basically do you get what i mean so like what are your thoughts on that though um so i just feel like it's kind of a thing where like it's kind of like what nom said where they're not competitive salaries so like obviously you're going to go somewhere else and not even like regardless of the salaries it's also the fact that those positions are also just not available and i'm not even talking about like doctor positions here like in other like stem opportunity like stem um other stem fields so like not medicine in this case like actually other fields it's like there are a lot of positions that are not available like when i think about my uh, major what i did in school biomedical and mechanical engineering like yes there are some biomedical companies in nigeria like i think ge healthcare jnci like there's some other there are some biomedical companies in nigeria but like they're not that many they're like only a handful so even if i was going to go back it's like where would i work i can work in those two companies sure but it's like okay is that it? Like, is that where my opportunity caps? So it's like, I feel like there's a lot of like capping when it comes like opportunities, when it comes to salaries that you're just like, really and truly, it's like, what's the point? When you think about it, even in the West, like R&D jobs are like some of the higher paying jobs. Yeah. Like you get an R&D job and you know that you're like, you know, even if you might not be set at that entry level, surely when you go like a couple levels higher, you're probably going to be earning like six figures. Like you're going to be comfortable, but it's like, Definitely. yeah, but in Nigeria, Nigeria, like I don't want to say Africa because I really don't know if this is the same in South Africa but I know in Nigeria it's like that is not the case like R&D is not like it's not heavily focused upon upon so it's like why would I want to like you know stay there because I oh my god example I had a lesson teacher and I think we all had lesson teachers going up I, I was gonna say that yeah so smart oh my god Mr. Pizza such a such a smart man like literally he was so young but he was like he i think he was studying like math and physics or something like in that regard and he literally like was already writing lectures for like some of his profs like basically doing the stuff like he was so smart like he would come and like he'd be solving all this complicated stuff of the internet anyways a really smart man but it's like there was not much he could do like after he was done he really wanted to stay in nigeria and like help like even maybe become a prof but it's like 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 how much the cross was yeah one that's like how much the if they even get paid yeah and it's like even if you're comfortable with that like you know that lifestyle say you don't even want that much money and you're actually okay with like that type of lifestyle it's like there's just like so like there's so much like politics and like just so many things that like go into it that you're like like this like just the entire lifestyle like forget how much they make now just the lifestyle of being a prof in nigeria is just Mm. so exhausting that you're like is it worth it anyways he left the country so and the, he's flourishing the lost he's flourishing yeah so the country has lost that talent from him yeah but it's like it's just like things like that and i remember when we we're talking to one of your friends i don't know if i should say her name but one of your one yeah, of maybe Matilda not, and yeah. friends yeah. yeah one of Matilda and Hadiza's friends and like she's oh Bucci how, isn't it yeah Bucci okay shout out <laughs> to Bucci if she's listening shout to out this. to Bucci yeah. yeah so I remember we're talking to her and like she was saying how like you know even some research some research places like forge their um their results their numbers yeah their numbers yeah and it's like and you just and you're just like bro all of this is it worth it like does yeah. this country deserve my talents yeah but like I don't know if that's the same um in South Africa norms like does is that yeah is there like a big brain drain in south africa lots of people leaving um, the con 
country. Sure. So the interesting thing is, it's the brain drain is actually in the healthcare sector and in the education sector. So we're having、oh. some of our best teachers leaving and going to either England,、um, sorry, London or、um, Australia.、Um, mm. So that's where our brain gain is,、um, brain drain. Sorry, and also our healthcare professionals, our nurses, and our skilled doctors are leaving,、mm. and leaving not necessarily because、um, you know. Um, that they don't have a passion for for what they're doing, but because of just the lack of infrastructure and resources, and I、yeah. think that frustration,、um, you know, that there's a lack of government support,、um, you know, and、um, you know, without having any government support or having policies、um, that you know that supports R and D development or supports our skilled professionals,、um, you know, that's where I think the biggest problem is. And then when you get then,、um, you know, skilled individuals from somewhere else. Um, you know, then you know, South African population then feels, but、um, you know, why doesn't government create a conducive environment to make sure that our professionals stay, you know, and not get skilled individuals from elsewhere?、Um, so I think that's the biggest challenge that we're facing in our countries. We're having some of our best minds literally leaving the country、mm-hmm. and contributing to the development of another country. Yeah.、Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah. I think that poses the question for me. I was like, do we actually have? A duty.、Um, I wouldn't say a duty, but like I know for me, leaving the country a lot was like my dad thinking, "Oh, if you want to do engineering, it actually makes more sense for you to go where like the infrastructure is better and everything." But then, do we now then have a duty to kind of go back and try to use those skills that we've maybe even learned in Nigeria and gone abroad to go like you know practice? But like now that we've gained the skills and everything, the know-how is one of the solutions, kind of like go. Going back with this knowledge and trying to pick on. Okay, now I know the specific problems that my society faces. How can I use my skills to make this better? I think there's strength in numbers in the sense that I don't think I feel like、mm-hmm. if、um, somebody is deciding to go back and stuff like that, it's important that there's like because you're going if you're going in as an individual with your own skills, I feel like the system is going to drown you, frustrate you, yeah, yeah or frustrate you. I think I think it's important that if you're deciding to go back and stuff like that, there you have a way of like making sure that like whatever skills you are able to. Input you're able to share with a number of people in such a way that it's able to make a bigger difference versus someone saying I'm just gonna go back and change and then the system is like oh okay you're an expatriate but um you're an expatriate let's hire you but then make you do make you do things in the system that are just part of. Like kind of drown you out. Yeah, I think that's an interesting thing. Like, I mean, it's a good idea. Like,、mm-hmm. for instance, within universities here or something, maybe like in Nigerian, in like different Nigerian associations, they could come up with like a STEM, um, like a STEM group or something, and then like kind of. Go back. To, sorry, I'm just brainstorming ideas. Like, because it sounds like we've been talking about a lot of challenges, but like, it's like, what are the solutions to these challenges、oh. that we're talking about,、oh. really? Because I know for sure、Or、you could go back as expatriates. Sorry, <laughs> it's true. You could go back as an expatriate, yes, yes, and yes, because you have context to the、mm-hmm. culture, you would actually make more of a difference. Yeah. Yeah.、Mm. Yeah, the I, I, thing is, I think it also relates back to to passion. How passionate are you to come back to your country and actually contribute to development? Are you willing to face the frustrations on a daily basis with the lack of infrastructure that you have? 
Or are you willing to um, stay in the country that you are in because you would have a more comfortable lifestyle? So I think it just goes back to how passionate you are about your field and how passionate you are about helping you know your fellow Africans. Um, it's it's and it's a um, it's a tricky one because obviously you want to have a good lifestyle and you want to be able to provide for yourself and your family, but you also want to create change and you also want to contribute to development. Um, but what are you willing to risk to achieve that? Mm, yeah. yeah. What are you willing to sacrifice? That's a good. Um, that's a good point. To be mm-hmm. honest, I I used to be one that wanted to go back to make change and stuff like that, right? But I feel like over time, like the like kind of I was just more or less like, oh, how realistic is it? Yada yada yeah. So it's something. Those are plans I kind of dropped to the wayside for now, especially because I started to focus more on my own um comfort, I guess, more so than like taking the skills back to uh, like make a difference. Make a difference. I also didn't feel like I had enough skills to implement that because even trying to talk to professors about it, I didn't quite get a response. So I was like, okay, this is probably because I'm still an undergrad student. Maybe I have to go further and research. Get more and, skills. Yeah. And even um, there was a woman I was looking at up to at that point in time. And I had seen the amount of accolades she had and the amount, the, her age as well, working in the field that I am in. In Nigeria? Not in Nigeria, but she, she schooled in the US. Um, yeah. I'm just gonna name drop her Chinwe Ohajukura. That's her name. And like she, she does a lot. She builds a sustainable housing for, like she in has, Nigeria? she had a project which is sustainable housing for, cheap sustainable housing for Nigerians. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And okay. yeah. So, um, I was looking at her work and stuff like that. And like even seeing her age and like, you know, the amount of work she's done in North America, it's like, you know, I can't compare myself to her who has obviously worked in the field for a long period of time, has gone to school, um, you know, has done her own research um, in like a, a structured setting and stuff like that and taking that information back to the country and stuff like that. So, yeah, like I guess... You're saying it basically takes a certain level of skill to want to go back and change not things? Not really. I just I just felt more like um, I want to change things but like at this level that I'm at I don't feel like I have enough skills to actually do that I feel like everything I have now is theoretical she has worked in industries here and she's able to take that practical knowledge and compare and contrast and take it back Back to Nigeria Nigeria. so I feel like like looking at her I comparing her her level to mine I just felt like I am basically unskilled to some degree comparing (laughs) yeah 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 to some degree I mean I could still do something but I felt like if I was to do something I would want to work for somebody who is doing it already kind of like that like if Chinwe for example was to start a company I I would love to work for her, for her because you know the vision you yeah, also know the yeah, context exactly. in nigeria yeah exactly so. yeah so I, I just think it's something that we should think about even as people that um that have left the country and basically are now skilled it's like what we've taken away from nigeria but what are we trying to like contribute i mean again someone has said like we don't owe nigeria or africa anything because it's like it hasn't given us much but like wouldn't you want to see it developed Africa generally it's just for the Mm -hmm. yeah we should delve into like females in STEM because I know um, Noms you basically briefly talked about it Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering what your thoughts like what challenges first of all have you faced as a female in STEM and because you you went to university in South Africa right yeah so you actually studied on the continent like what are the general challenges that you would face As a female. I think first of all is just the fact that you are young black female, right? Yeah. Um, so I touched on the context that we come from um, a history of 
um, apartheid and, you know, STEM careers and fields and academic disciplines are white dominated um, and not just only white dominated, but white male dominated. Mm-hmm. So there's a lack of transformation. I think there are initiatives that are happening in the country, but I feel that they're not happening faster enough. So there's a lack of um, transformation happening. And also, I mean, just various barriers and um, the fact that you are you know, young black female, there's a lack of representation of your kind in STEM fields. Mm. Um, and the lack of repre- and, you know, representation means that there's a lack of, you know, as you said, um, you know, figures or leaders, mm, that you mentors, to, basically, who can guide you and mentor you exactly. Um, so those are some of the struggles, and also you being young and you wanting to transform, you know, the STEM field. That's not easy. Um, you are literally entering into, if I could say, um, in inverted commas, a secret club. And now you need to, um, you know, basically just enter the secret club and try to transform it. Um, But also just overcoming negative stereotype and gender bias, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that I think are just sometimes implicitly or not so implicitly there, but you feel it, you know, Um, things like why, you know, questions like, um, you know, why couldn't you have taken a different career? Why are you in STEM? Have you Um, actually gotten those questions? I've actually been asked, um, I've been told that STEM told. is a very vigorous and, and, and hard field that I need to be prepared in order to, to, to enter into this field. And these are just blanket statements that are made. Um, and I think if you are not resilient enough and if not hardworking and if you don't see the bigger vi- vision, I think it's very easy for, you know, someone like myself, a black female to give up. So hence, I'm stressing the importance of representation. It's very important that mm. young people who do go um, into STEM careers, that they don't leave, that they stay, so that the next generation or the next group of students, um, you know, or young professionals coming in, um, you know, as, as and I think someone said this earlier, that there's power in numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those are some of the challenges um, that I've faced, that I face, but I'm very lucky that I have um, a very supportive supervisor, and he's a black male. <laughs> Ooh. Um, his name is Professor Danny Mulala um, Simetele. He's Zambian. Um, he's Zambian. He has. He's Zambian. Yes, and he has faced, um, I mean, various challenges being a black male academic, and so he's someone who mentors me, but also someone that I look up to. So he's the representation. But again, the other challenge is he's a male. There's a of female mm-hmm. um, African females in STEM careers so I would love for that transformation to happen um, but yeah so those are some of the challenges that I face is just basic stereotypes you know attached to just females but also prejudice and bias over the fact that I am black and I am female and I'm entering into a so-called field that was historically preserved only for white people and not people of color mm. yeah Wow. Yeah. I never did consider that context because like here, there also is lack of black representation in engineering. Like, yo, going through, I probably had like one, I had one black prof and oh, it I was an engineering elective. Oh, like it was nuclear. Um, like, and I, I could have gone through without taking that course. Do you get what I mean? 
Like it was, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I didn't have any black people to like look up to that I could have been like, oh wow. Okay. Like there was also, um, no like black engineering society, that kind of thing. Just, mm. I, I, I felt generally kind of left out in a way. And I, um, the issue of like females in engineering is still an issue, even in the West. Like they don't have as much representation, yeah. but regardless um, of race, regardless females. of race, just being female. So like when <laughs> you're, you're female and then you're also black and not just black you don't understand their cultural context you're like african African as well yeah so it was really really challenging honestly going through (laughs) but i i wonder how it's like in nigeria because like as i said nigerian parents very very much encourage both their male and female um children to go into stem majors so i like i I know that there's a lot of like females in engineering even in nigeria so i wonder what that that um dynamic is like mm-hmm. are they still discriminated against even though there's probably as much females in engineering do you think hmm, like face like prejudice even in nigeria where like everyone is basically encouraged to go into i nigeria. feel like definitely um, yeah just like with the night like with the way like the culture in nigeria yeah like Generally. even though like you know parents are like do encourage their female children to go to um, engineering school or like you know study a stem related subject or whatever it is mm-hmm. i feel like just like the culture of nigeria the way the entire mm. culture is basically like against women generally I feel like generally i do feel like they will experience it it's like if it's not in like maybe if it's not from their parents it might yeah. be from like their peers if it's not yeah. from their parents it might be from like a prof i have like, and, like if we even to what you mama is saying like yeah uh-huh. and, yeah and it's like even when you think about it say even if they might not be directly like oh don't study them because you're a woman it would then be in the form of like the whole thing about like sex for grades do you get yeah. it would come in one form or another or the so other. I like they i mean but then again i'm also not there i haven't studied in nigeria but like uh-huh. so this is just if you're a listener just going off our culture yeah if yeah. you're a listener and you're in this and you're in nigeria and in a stem did study or are currently studying and you have context or not just nigeria just anywhere like let us know what your experiences are because i'd really want to know like how females are treated in stem in like different african countries because we didn't really study in africa so like we don't really know i said africa like all these white people (laughs) we didn't study in africa oh my gosh we didn't study in like (laughs) africa um but (laughs) but then even the social messaging too okay for me i've had someone tell me oh like you study this this is engineering but then at the end of the day last last you end up like being somebody's wife like mad kind of trying to say that i might not end up using it you could as well just not have done it so yeah so i don't know so like there are definitely those messages that come out to mm. women like subtly imagine a prof so imagine, thinking that imagine way imagine like yeah imagine just yeah like, so he would yeah. like try to support you because he's like he's probably going to be like what's the point of like pouring so much into you if you're just going to be someone else's wife mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like that's all you're yeah. like your calling in life is about so why why am i investing so much in you yeah crazy yeah that actually makes sense so, like, I mean, why can't I do both? Yeah, I mean, or what of the men are they not going, are to, they be not going to be husbands? Husband. So how does being a husband <laughs> take away from from like your you... career? Yeah, exactly. Mad, mad. Um, so I guess yeah, it is a global problem, really. Females, um, women. I should stop saying females. Women in STEM. Women in STEM generally. What do you guys think 
just going forward, like, are the ways we can tackle the issues of, of STEM in Africa? Like, um, I know there's like policies, for instance, like there's a policy, like a, what is it? Like an act or something by the UN, not UN, African Union, trying to encourage, um, African countries to invest at least 1% of their GDP into, um, STEM. I found that really funny because it's like they're saying guys please come on just 1% <laughs> I found that really funny but um, what are your thoughts Norms? I, I truly believe that um, you know and I think this is I'm going to speak particularly in terms of women yeah. um, African women in, in STEM in Africa um, so just also just reading in terms of also what um, you know the World Bank and the World Economic Forum have found that um, you know we really need to invest um, financially um, to encourage more African women to participate in STEM. And the prediction is that, um, you know, we are crucial in coming up with innovative, um, you know, solutions that can really drive economic development, you know, and in other sectors such as, you know, uh, technology and manufacturing, um, that African women actually hold the key to this continent. So I do believe that increased, um, we need to, um, I think governments need to mobilize increased resources. Um, but I also feel that I'm, I'm very skeptical sometimes on international agencies. Mm-hmm. I think it's time that African governments start becoming more independent and more proactive in how they deal with things. You know, we can't always rely on, you know, um, you know, UNICEF or USAID or, yes. um, you know, these big, um, you know, um, aid agencies. To yeah, they're going to push their agendas exactly yeah it's imperative i think for african governments to to take charge and um you know i think the african development bank is doing great things on the continent but i think more things could be done and the african union also needs to take ownership and and leadership and really drive this initiative i mean in agenda 2063 which is like this long-term plan policy plan of africa um really encourages african women to get into STEM fields. But in order for that to happen, um, you know, there needs to be financial resources um, that are really prioritized to, um, you know, increase opportunities, increase training, increase, um, you know, just more awareness around STEM. So I think African leaders need to take more ownership and they also need to be proactive in this manner. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's absolutely the conclusion of like almost all of our topics. Our leaders, <laughs> it's just they always them. They just need to do better, honestly, because I, the truth is like, I know we talked generally about the private sector and like, while they're really important, if you don't make a conducive environment for private companies to come in and do their things, like it's just not going to work. So it still all comes down to the government to, to really put those policies and stuff and like just direct where the, um, um, economy where the country is going and stuff like that or or africa with the african union in general it's really sad but i know like someone had talked about like just generally education how like how a lot of people right now are like first generation people to even go to school mm. so it's like in stem a lot of times you need people supporting you it's not it's not an easy degree i know my degree wasn't an easy degree to go through so like even 
even applying to university and stuff like that, I had my dad who is also in STEM kind of like egg me on to like the right path and stuff. He played a really big role in like my education. But imagine not having him there. What support would I have had in even applying for the degree and stuff like that? So I think mm. as we grow up and stuff like that, we'd be able to encourage like even the younger generation and just give back. Because like I volunteer for this thing, like the Ottawa Robotics Competition. And it's just seeing these kids just do things that even I did not know at that age. Mm -hmm. Like I think is like stuff that we need to do more of in like Africa Mm -hmm. and Nigeria. Mm -hmm. Just all these little competitions to just get them to know about it and at least develop like an interest because you have a lot of people. I coming into university had never even programmed. I didn't know what programming was. Let's be very honest. (laughs) But like you see the, the Caucasians, they have been doing these things since like, not even just the Caucasians, let me not be biased, just people that grew up in this system, mm-hmm. they have they have been doing these things, they have had competitions, they were encouraged in school, so mm-hmm. it gives them not just the know-how, but the passion for it. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. think there just needs to be more of that in like mm-hmm. African countries. Generally. Yeah, and I also definitely think like representation is also so important as yeah. well, especially for like the upcoming generation, and like it just kind of points to like Num's, uh, Num's earlier point, because like, even though she has like, you know, a black man as her supervisor, it's like, it's like, it's still not, he's still not a woman like you know they're still and it's like wow like you know while that is awesome he's black and like you know in a sense you can see yourself in him it's like sometimes you still just want that like you still want someone that looks exactly like you and it's Mm -hmm. like i remember how like when i was volunteering in school like when i was in university and i was volunteering for um i kind of really remember if it was either frosh week or uh the because i used to do this thing where i like tutored high school students yeah i can't remember which one it was one of the two anyways and there was this um young girl she wasn't uh she wasn't black but she was an immigrant not immigrant yeah she was an immigrant she's basically not from canada and and it was frost week and she was just feeling out of place like you know there was nobody that was an immigrant like her (laughs) it really was like there's nobody sorry it's our freshman week by the way yeah, yeah. So I just said that. Yeah, <laughs> and like you were probably doing engineering freshman week, right? Engineering exactly. Frosh. I was doing the engineering there is freshman n- week. zero representation oh, in engineering zero. in <laughs> at our school, anyways. Like zero. Yes. It's like white activities all through, and you exactly. either know about it or you just you are you like don't. left out. Yeah, and it's so crazy because like I remember like I like when I did it the first time, I didn't really feel that welcome. But I was like, you know what? Whatever. I'm going to do it. I'm going to volunteer. Um, just to I can't remember why, why I wanted to volunteer, but I did anyways and then after volunteering the first time i didn't want to volunteer again but like i was just like you know what (laughs) like i was like you know what i'm going to do it anyways because like i felt like you know it was i wasn't i didn't find it that much fun to be honest but like i just felt like you know it was something i should do anyways i volunteered again the second time and then when i did i met this girl who was coming into first year and like you know she was just like oh she's feeling so out of place and like i was able to talk to her and like literally after our conversation like i didn't even say anything special just like oh like it was just me just going up to her and having that conversation because you could tell that this felt was not out. she felt left out because i mean she was international she was she was not white she was yeah. basically like this was not her place so she felt yeah. so left out and i feel like after i had that conversation with her like i could definitely see that she like she like was able to associate more with everybody even mm-hmm. though she didn't return that many times because i mean the activities were very very <laughs> that was <white>. absolutely <laughs> me in first year yeah like, the activities were very white so like that made sense but like i saw her around school a couple times after and you could tell that like you know just the fact that she had somebody to talk to like mm-hmm. in that one moment definitely kind of changed and like helped 
how she was able to move forward and i feel like just that representation having somebody that looks like you acts like you like you know especially in engineering in your program helps like right now the person that i go to because i'm hoping to go back to school soon and like the person that i currently go to to just kind of talk to about like school stuff or like you know like master stuff like she's a black nigerian and like you know mm. obviously like she's nigerian is she in your field specifically specifically in my field as well like, oh, like biomedical i need and to find that engineering yeah it's like it's it's so refreshing it's so mentors nice. in stem are so no i think mentors in general are important but like in STEM, mm-hmm. you go a long way, especially when they look like you are like you know they like basically it's like it's so nice because it's like I can be I can be like oh I want to be like you when I grow up. You know, like obviously I'm not actually going to be like her, but it's like it's like you know this thing where you're like oh I want to be like you when I grow up. So like you know you're going to actually like you know try harder and like you, you have know, something just, like, to aspire to. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know words are not really my best friends, but thanks guys. <laughs> yeah, I know I understand but, what you're saying. So important. yeah, no, it's definitely that that representation is so so important in like the stem field especially for like women in stem it's so important for people to actually be able to look up to you as a woman not even you necessarily like you don't even have to feel that burden but like look up to somebody in the stem field that looks like them and you know they can see themselves in yeah i think that's a call out to us that have already gone through the program to kind of give back as well because like i i look at it like as um i mean we made it through the programs and like maybe not just just be there as a mentor like even if you feel like you haven't achieved that much or whatever just be a mentor to someone give back in some way mm-hmm. as well it's yeah. like if you can't even go back to nigeria like there's so many ways to give back Here, if you don't yeah. want to go back to your Af- like you know to your country in africa or like yeah. you don't want to it's a ripple like, you know, effect give back really with money yeah. there's so many ways you can give back mentor somebody like yeah. you know yeah hadiza um I, I agree pretty much with what everybody has said okay. so far. Like mentorship is a really big thing. I think it's just, you know, like reminding yourself that this struggle, like I guess thinking the struggle is real. The struggles are real and stuff like that, okay. especially without mentorship and like, you know, adequate, like I guess, um, not having a lot of people to aspire to be and stuff like that. And yeah. like, just like, you, you know, keeping in mind that, Oh, one day you could also mentor someone as well and stuff yeah. like that. Like, yeah, that might be a problem that I think in general, Africans, might struggle with because it's like when you think of really great African like scientists or engineers and stuff you don't really have much to think about I know Elon Musk is South African but like you know it's so interesting how you say this because um you know in terms of even like people who've won um, like the Nobel Prize, it's very much in, in literature, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, no, I don't Africans think there's been black. one African who's won something relating to science. Um, so it is very hard to just like look up, um, you know, to certain to see um, you know, Africans. Yeah. I do know of a few African Americans, but they're not. You know, from they're not the African continental continent, Africans, right? exactly. Exactly. So, for yeah. example, when I think of a role model in STEM, I always refer to Catherine Johnson. I don't know if you guys know Catherine Johnson. Mm-hmm. She was the lady who helped the the, the Apollo mission at NASA. Oh, I see what oh, you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was the first um, female black mathematician. Yeah. And, um, she made history, and 
I mean, it's it's sad that I have to refer to her um, in the U.S. and not someone within my continent. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. if you really think about it, what she did was towards the development of stuff in the U.S. Yeah. In America, yeah. 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 So like, yeah. where are the people that are solving I, our specific problems? Yeah, you know? I agree. I feel like a lot of them, there are a lot, there are probably a lot of unsung heroes in Africa. For they example, are, yeah. like Chinwe, for example. Yeah. I. Who? The Chinwe woman and stuff okay, like that. No, I, I said Achebe. I said eh? Like what Chinwe, for example, do? like the woman I found that was doing sustainable housing in Nigeria and stuff like oh, that. Oh, true. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like, um, she's someone I subconsciously, I connected with her. This, this conversation is actually making me want to go and on LinkedIn reconnect and reconnect with her. With her. You should. Yeah, because I connected with her like two, three years ago and stuff like that. But as engineering got tough, I kind of lost that connection. But, but, I feel like there are a lot of people who like if you're passionate about something in your field for example and you do a quick google like oh is anybody doing da 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 I, I use google a lot so google is like google answers all my questions that's how I found her and <laughs> stuff like that so like there there might be someone that is not like really great but like they are doing great things they're just not known and stuff like that mm-hmm. so like following your passions and seeing mm-hmm. if there's anybody already doing what, like, what you, lines, your, along yeah. the lines of what you have ideas yeah. for or something like that might be a good way maybe there should be like an African science award like rather we should scrap the Nobel Prize they can do whatever yeah. they want to do create let's do own. like create your yeah. own just something to celebrate specifically I I there, pro- there, there probably, probably is yeah. yeah it's just not they don't as make popular. space for you yeah. on their table create your own table mm-hmm. uh-huh. Uh-huh. Or even hey, Mama, the way you said that thing, like you said something. Like I, I mean, you have, you have. But I was like, what? I just said I could something. Tell that you were feeling yourself as you said it. <laughs> Ma, you hit her. Wow. <laughs> no. Yeah. Thank you so so much, Noms, for coming on and thank having you. this conversation with thank us. Thank you so much, guys. It was I really appreciate so good. it. I really enjoyed the discussion. You should you should keep in contact with us and just tell us a bit, like you know, keep us updated with your like research oh, and stuff like that maybe we can come on and be like oh dom's told us she's doing this and yeah. that like you know just you know <laughs> Question. be a friend of the podcast um, yeah what did you do for um undergrad and master's oh actually? yeah sure so actually interestingly my undergrad i did a bachelor of arts and i majored in mm. geography and sociology cool um and then um so in south africa we don't have um four four-year degrees we have an honors degree so our honors degree is our fourth year so I then did my honors and I actually did a BSc in environmental sciences and geography um, for my honors and then I did really really well for my honors and I was motivated to go straight into a PhD program so I did I skipped masters I didn't do my masters yes sir you are too smart please (laughs) go on go on Um, is it your current supervisor that motivated you or just like you personal motivations um so that was my current supervisor Oh, that shout out to cool. him! Cool. Shout out! To he him. saw real talent and he was like, "I need you. We need you. <laughs> we need you. The world needs you, no? The world needs you. That's cool." Um, we also do this thing. We haven't done it in a while. It's called lessons from the week. So, like, just anything that this week has taught you. Yeah, just share. You know, it doesn't have to. It's not related to this topic at all. So, Noms, do you yeah. want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think one big thing that I actually learned from this week and it's just been so crazy and busy is um, I just learned that you are actually more powerful than you actually think you are. 
mm. and you're so much more capable. I think so many times we we doubt ourselves and we get caught up in the nitty gritties of the day. But actually, when you actually reflect and when you actually do what needs to be done, and you don't forget what the bigger vision is, I think that's where your power resides. So I think just never forgetting that you are more, you are powerful, you are capable, um, and you literally can do it. Um, yeah, it just goes back to just believing more in yourself. So that was my big lesson for this week, and that's what helped me to just. I think smash my goals this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Love it. Love that it so is much. Really amazing. I think I would like replay back, replay that back like a couple times. Yeah, <laughs> just really to make sure like I soak it all in because yeah. that's actually so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while you're talking, Mama, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my lesson from this week. I feel like I have two. So the first one is like <laughs> having a sleep. <laughs> no, Sorry. not sleep. Yeah. Enjoy life. <laughs> it's like no, 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 no. Relax. Let me sleep. <laughs> I feel like, um, so it's like having a support system is so important. And I know, Mm. like, personally, I have, like, I wouldn't say an issue, but I have an issue being really vulnerable with people, especially at, like, my lowest, lowest moments. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I feel like sometimes you actually need to be that. Like, you know, you actually need to, even if it's one person, you need to have that one person who can, like, support you from, like, any moment literally like you know it's like you need to have a support system and like you know you need to have people to actually motivate you like you know push you when you feel like you can't because it's like if you feel like if you think you can do everything by yourself you mm-hmm. really can't yeah like as much as we want to and honestly i feel like i'm the queen of wanting to be independent like you know mm-hmm. i can't do it all myself but like i feel like it's important to keep reminding myself specifically that you know what you do need people to push you you do need a support system you can't actually do yeah, it yeah. all by I feel insulted. You didn't reach out to me this week. Why? <laughs> Don't worry. If you realize, okay, I just wanted to make sure I was part of your support. Yeah, no, part of my support system. Just like needed something else this week that you couldn't give me. Wow. Because... <laughs> have you have you done a masters before? <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> exactly. No, you, but like you get, it's like I get different what you people mean. for like yeah. different things. Yeah. But um, yeah. So support system is very important, and I feel like another thing I learned this week was, and I don't even want to misquote her, but I'm really going to have to because I can't even find my notes, but. Uh-huh. Um, I was on this Zoom call earlier and they were basically talking and she was talking about how, like, you know, if, like, anything you, how do I say it? Like, anything you, you're basically going to, everything, everything you're going to need in life has already been given, everything you need in life to succeed has already been given to you. And it's like, oh man, I'm trying to honestly wait. Let no, me. No, no, no. That, that makes sense, though. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to. Yeah. Cause I think I wrote it down, and it's like. No, but that I makes sense them. to me. Like, okay, I, I, but expansiate on it, though. Yeah, let me see. Sorry, I, you can cut all these parts out, but I'm just trying to. Cause I wrote it down. Like it was so profound, and <laughs> let me not. She said, I need to give you guys how she gave me. So you I, I need to give She you. said, you get the, you get the, you <laughs> our reaction. She was like, no, that's not what it that's was. <laughs> because they'd be more shocked. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it was, and I, I didn't even write the full quote. Amazing. But I better be shocked, okay? <laughs> you're okay. not going to be shocked. It's not, <laughs> it's just something that was profound to me. But like, it was basically like the title, like the title of what you're trying to say was that God, God will raise another. So it was like anything that you need, you already have it. And like, you basically have everything you need to get to where you need to go, essentially. Wow. So <laughs> stop, stop, stop. stop okay. <laughs> but it's like, you basically have everything you need to get where you want to go. And like, it's like, 
if you don't have it right now, that means that means you don't need it to get where you're trying to go, essentially. So you have everything you need to get where you where you need to go in life, where you're trying to go in life. And if you don't have it, or if like you know, if you don't have it right now, you then that's not your direction. Exactly, it's not your direction. It's not where you need to go. And like you know, it's not where God is planning to take you. And if something does fall off your plate, like God will raise another, and God will raise something that's a lot better than what fell off your plate. Mm -hmm. So I just found that like that was just so profound, and like you know, it basically kind of reassured me in like a lot of things where it's like I just felt like I may have like you know missed the opportunity or missed this and that and like you know just kind of reassured me to remind me that bro you you have everything you need like you know you're basically going to get where you're trying to go and if you don't have it right now that's okay god is going to raise something better and greater so yes that was that Mm. for me so those are my two lessons for the week yeah 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 um i would say actually you guys's lessons were eerily similar to mine i'm starting to wonder if like are we all living the same reality (laughs) (laughs) you know the universe is aligning it's trying to teach oh no i didn't learn anything that you guys are saying for me it's (laughs) self-doubt i actually had a conversation like somebody posted uh, something on Instagram about self-doubt and stuff like that. I don't remember what it was exactly, but I remember feeling like, oh, that's kind of something I needed to hear at that moment because it was like I had been experiencing a lot of self-doubt and stuff like that in myself and what I have learned and what ha- I have gained so far and stuff like that. So uh, it was just like nice to be able to have a conversation with them on that topic and be like, okay, yeah, like, you know, everybody goes through self-doubt from time to time and stuff like that. It's important that you it- it's it's something that will pass and stuff like that you shouldn't lean into it and just like know that you have done things or you do have the ability to do more stuff or what you want to do and stuff like that and i think another thing is um kind of we haven't done lessons of from, from the week in so long everybody's giving two now <laughs> i'm like okay not double, double. Yeah. <laughs> that's right um, yeah yeah actually i can i can stop there should i give a second one no, no, give okay second one. okay recently i've been experiencing a lot more um fear like actual like fear and stuff like that and this is not something i'm used to or i have been experiencing like fear like oh okay like very basic fears like oh i'm afraid of sleeping here alone very very basic fears and stuff like that and sometimes i'm able to deal with it right but like like recently like um i was like i came in i think i came into your room and i was like oh i'm afraid can i lie down like like, just like so basically being able to appreciate or appreciate the people around you and then like shout out to so okay i'm part of everyone's support system i just want to say um a big shout out to I you know because like you know <laughs> no. yeah that's me so yeah so so like Watch it's okay now. to lean on yeah, <laughs> sorry Matilda, Matilda we love you we thanks, need you thanks 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 you know you're the best okay yeah so ba- basically being able to lean on someone like it's okay to lean on others and stuff like that like you don't always have to carry your own cross all the all time the time and stuff like that yeah that's crazy that's that was someone else's work. Hmm? Imama's support yeah, system. Imama, yeah. Oh, that's why she was that's like, like, oh, like she so feels similar, like life yeah. is... Okay, life did not teach me any of that. Mine is very, very surface <laughs> level. Um, I just... Um, sometime this week, I think it was like Thursday, I woke up like 6 a.m. when I had work by like 9 and I had time to myself and it really changed my day drastically because usually I, I'm working from home now. So like I literally roll out of bed at 9 a.m. and sit down at my desk and stuff. But I saw like the difference, especially in these corona times, if you're working now, it's so easy for your schedule to be like up and down and stuff like that. But having time to myself in the morning, it just cleared my head. I just played music did the stuff i actually enjoy doing not that i don't enjoy work which i haven't in a couple of weeks because they're trying to kill me i'm so sure but um (laughs) 
But like just listening to music I love and stuff like that really changed my day drastically. So you guys should try it if like if it's not already part of your schedule. Just wake up a couple of minutes earlier or maybe an hour earlier and start your day the way you want. And it sets the stage for like the whole day basically. Also go to bed earlier if you're going to do that. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, I, I slept... Okay, I didn't sleep like that early, but like still, I still felt better. Sleep is not my best friend right now. Anyways, so yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Noms, again. I feel like we <laughs> we talked a lot there, but <laughs> thank you so much for sticking with us. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. We look forward to yeah. hearing more about your research. And, and like, good luck in your research and your PhD. Yes, yeah. you can do it. You can do it. Really appreciate it. This is for, for us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're about to be that representation for somebody else. Hello. Exactly, exactly. Me, I'm already looking up to you if you don't. <laughs> just planning the episode, I was just like, am I doing enough with this engineering degree? That I don't think so. I don't think See, so. See, she's but, already inspiring But you people. are inspiring me. Yeah, you are. And That's really good. And just one more time for people in the back, just say your full name again. Yes. My name is Unam Sheh. Hey! No, Perfect. Okay. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye.